Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Santa. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you today. Sadly, it is yet again a silver linings edition of the HHC as Charlotte falls out in LA for consecutive games, this time against Lakers 133 to 112, now 7 and 22 on a season, ninth consecutive loss as well for the Hornets so far this season. We'll give you our top performers, our silver lining picks, recap the game, and it's also a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast as Charlotte is out in the desert to take on the Phoenix Suns on the second night of a back to back. We will have your game preview here a little bit later on. And helping me out with all of these topics on this edition edition of the HHC, the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. Sam, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Again, another late night, sadly, another loss for the Hornets, but happy to be talking Hornets hoops with you nonetheless. Of course. Thank you for having me, even if it comes under silver lining circumstances. Always happy to talk Hornets basketball. And if there's any solace, or I'll start off with a silver lining, at least we got another one coming up tonight. Yeah, able to flip the script pretty quickly, or at least that's the hope here for the Hornets. And unfortunately, I mean, the way that the first quarter went for Charlotte, and even the second quarter, just the first half in general, it didn't look like we were going to have a silver linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast today. Hornets led this one 31-28 after one quarter of play. One preface to this one, Gordon Hayward ruled out with a left calf strain. He will be reevaluated in two weeks, so he will miss some time here as the injuries just continue to be an issue for the Hornets. Miles Bridges got off to a great start. He had 11 points in that first quarter off four or five shooting. Was perfect from beyond the arc at three for three. Anthony Davis was carrying the Lakers there in that first half. He finishes with 18 points and seven boards through the first two quarters. Hornets trailed by one going into the locker room 58-57. to We're kind of doing it by committee. Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier each had 11 points going into halftime. Nick Richards was on the cusp of a double-double as well. Even though the Hornets just did not shoot the ball well in that second quarter. They only shot 36%, shot 2 of 10 from beyond the arc, and they were still in this ballgame. We go to the third quarter, though, and things just unraveled uh, really, really quickly, quite frankly, for the Hornets. Charlotte gets outscored 41-23 to there in that third frame. Lakers shoot 63% from the field in that third quarter. LeBron James has 12 of his 17 in the third frame as well. Anthony Davis ends up going for 8 points in the quarter as well. Rory Hachimura kind of came out of nowhere, had a big quarter as well. Charlotte just trailed this one by 19 going into the fourth quarter, and then that run that the Lakers went on extended into the fourth quarter as it was a 26-7 to run at one point. Lakers end up only outscoring the Hornets 34-32 to in that fourth quarter, but again, this one got over and got dark pretty quick there, especially in that fourth frame as the Hornets tried to maybe give some of those guys some rest with about six minutes left to go in the game on the first night of a back-to-back as this one was out of reach. Charlotte got outscored in that second half 75-55, to and that was basically the ball game, a night and day difference from the first half and the second half. And after the game, Steve Clifford said that the guys know what they're up against right now, a lot of injuries and a tough road trip, and it's all kind of a culmination into a nine-game losing skid. They understand this trip is, in this league, this is, you know, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, Kings, you know, this is a tough trip at a time. You know, a lot of times in this league, it's not just how many injuries, but when they come, unfortunately for us, uh, we're having more than our share of injuries. This is not the time to be shorthanded. But look, you know, we played 41 good minutes the other night. We were right there. Uh, we played about 21 and a half good minutes tonight. And uh, we just got to, you know, you can't turn the ball over. 
and you've got to defend whether the ball's going in or not. And that's what we stopped doing in the second half. Pretty good summarization of what happened there in that second half last night, Sam. And I'll agree with Cliff. Obviously, he's the coach. He knows what went wrong without even looking at the film. But, again, it just feels like these last couple of games for the Hornets. I talked to Sam Farber about this after the game on a postgame show on the radio network. But it feels like the Hornets are just hanging around in those first two quarters. It might be a lead at one point. It might be a two- or three-point deficit here or there at halftime. And then second half, it just kind of unravels. And whether that's adjustments, whether that's just running out of gas and a lack of depth right now because of all these injuries, I don't know if it's a culmination of everything or they're just, quite frankly, playing really, really good teams right now, which is also another caveat to this ordeal right now that the Hornets are going for. So all in all, just it seems like if it could go wrong, it is going wrong for the Hornets right now, and unfortunately ended up in a ninth consecutive loss last night. I think you, your point about the culmination of a lot of different things is kind of where it's at. It's hard to kind of find positives with kind of where you know the team has been playing the last couple of weeks, but they are getting off to good starts, and that's encouraging because you know if you fall down 10, 15, 20 points in the first quarter, I mean, you don't leave yourself any chance really to win in an NBA game, or you leave yourself very, very little chance, very little margin for error, but good start against Denver the other day good start against the Clippers good start against the Lakers last night it just it feels like it's just one like really bad quarter one really bad stretch that snowballs like super super quickly and the bottom just kind of drops out and we saw that the Denver game the other day that third quarter when I think they got outscored 30 to 9 you saw the 15-2 run in the fourth the other day against the Clippers last night it's the third quarter against the Lakers it just it's just one really really bad quarter um that just you know, what, what they need to, you know, when another team's going on a run and they just can't seem to find a way to slow it down. So I think that's kind of just the biggest problem right now is just playing a whole full 48-minute full game. You know, they're, they're getting off to good starts. They're putting themselves in position. And then it's just, like you said, it's just starting to kind of unravel in the second half for one reason or another. It's either turnovers, it's fouls, it's ball movement. It's, it's a whole bunch of things. And unfortunately, every night it feels like it's a different thing. So, uh, and then add in kind of the injuries and instability of the rotation and guys going in and out. Uh, it's a little bit of a perfect storm right now in what has fueled this nine-game losing streak. The one thing that stood out to me the most, and it probably wasn't the one sole factor of why the Hornets lost the game last night. Again, 133-112. to 112. Charlotte falls out in LA against the Lakers, but the thing that stood out to me is you go back to the first half and the Hornets did a really good job keeping the Lakers off the charity stripe, keeping them off the foul line. They were only 3-for-3 three three at the free throw line. Hornets did a really good job getting to the free throw line. They were 9-of-14. The problem was 9-of-14, not a great percentage. You go to that third quarter and part of that unraveling that we're talking about here, the Lakers go 9-for-9 nine nine at the stripe and they finished the game 14-for-14. 14 14. They were perfect, but that's still rather below their average of getting to the free throw line. So I guess in a vacuum, that's the good news for the Hornets. The bad news was a lot of those free throws, especially in the third quarter, were coming on the back ends of and-one opportunities. I think they had the Lakers had three and-ones in the third quarter in the first, I want to say, like three and a half, maybe four minutes, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So you see nine for nine at the free throw line in a quarter, and you probably don't think it's that bad, especially the way that we've seen some of the fouling from the Hornets this season, but then really zoom in on it, especially in that third frame, and any time that a Lakers player was at the rim, it might have been the slightest of touches. It didn't matter. They were getting those foul calls against them, and they were legitimate fouls. I'm not saying that the officiating was the problem there. It's the problem was the slap down, undisciplined plays from the Hornets that resulted in 
easy and one opportunities for the Lakers. And a lot of that, too, I feel like is almost, if you're going to foul, foul. Like, make it a hard foul, but don't get a flagrant, obviously, but make them earn it at the free throw line. At least give them two opportunities. Don't let them have an in one. And that was kind of the the one gripe I had, especially in that third quarter last night for Charlotte. Yeah, and I think they finished that quarter with five and ones. Uh, the Lakers did. And I want to say they hit the free throw on all of them, too. And those players are just, they can be demoralizing, both from a, a scoreboard standpoint and also from a you know mental standpoint, especially if you just scored at the other end, if you just hit a three and then you come back and give it immediately away. Uh, I think LeBron hit one right off the bat. I think maybe one to two possession later, Bryce McGowan's had one of those slap down ones on Anthony Davis. I think Rui Hachimura had one in there. Davis might have had another one. Uh, Lakers were eight of 10 at the rim in the third quarter. And I want to say at least four of those were and one opportunities i think lebron's earlier in the frame was kind of a runner off to the left side so it's tough it was it just kind of compounded things a little bit i've never seen that many and ones and like you said they are fouls these were not ticky tack stuff this was legitimate fouls and it's just it's it's just snowballed from there gave up nine free throws uh i think after only giving up three in the first half which i thought they did again a really good job was a big reason why they're only down one point uh at halftime was they were doing a really good job defending without fouling and then it just started to kind of get away from there and them there in the third quarter and they were never really able to recover. So it's tough. And this is a tough matchup just from a size standpoint too. I mean, you could see the physicality starting to play a big role there in that third quarter. The Lakers have switched to this much bigger uh, lineup with LeBron at the one and Prince and Vanderbilt and Hachimura and then obviously Anthony Davis down low, who was tremendous last night. It's, it's a tough matchup for the Hornets with they're missing their starting center, missing their point guard, missing Gordon Hayward, and, and just kind of playing catch up from a size standpoint. So it's a tough matchup, and, and the Lakers definitely took advantage of, of that mismatch there in the third quarter. Anthony Davis finishes with a game-high 26 points. LeBron James, 17 points, 11 assists as well. Roy Hachimura, 17 points. D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves off the bench with 16 each as the Lakers beat your Hornets 133-112. to 112. Miles Bridges with a team-high 20. All five starters were in double figures for the Hornets. That's the good news. Bad news is uh, just didn't get a lot of other contributions elsewhere. Didn't get that star power that the Lakers did have last night with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. 133 to 112, your final. We're going to pick our silver linings right after this here on a Hornets Hivecast. It is a silver linings edition of the HHC as Charlotte falls out in LA against the Lakers 133 to 112. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley with you on this edition of the Hornet Tivecast, as always presented by Senta. Sam, time now for our silver lining performances. There were a good bit of them out there for Charlotte last night. I just mentioned in the previous segment, all five starters in double figures, couple of contributions off the bench as well. Who's your silver lining pick from last night? Yeah, I'm going to go with Brandon Miller. Came back from a one game absence after suffering the ankle sprain against Denver last weekend, missed the Clipper game, but came back and looked really good. And that's been a really encouraging sign for Brandon Miller this year. He's missed just three standalone games, hasn't had any extended absences, but it always seems when he comes back, there really isn't that much of a readjustment. He kind of finds his rhythm right away. Last night, finished with 17 points on five and nine shooting, three of five from three point range, hit all four of his free throws. Uh, which is something that as a team, the Hornets struggled with last night. They're only 17 of 28 as a team for 61%. Brandon also had a rebound, a couple assists, a steal and a block, and was um, minus four in the plus minus, which given kind of where the game was, was actually pretty good, even though it was technically in the negative. So I uh, did that just in, in just under 29 minutes. So really, really good, solid, polished performance from Brandon Miller. 
you know, especially given that he's coming off a, a you know another ankle injury, it's good to see that he bounces back from these like you know little nicks and bruises that he's been having. I certainly like to pick Brandon Miller, a good top performer from last night. You mentioned the seventeen points; it was almost a quiet seventeen. I felt like, and that's something that when we talk about consistency and top players in the NBA, it's those guys that yeah they might pop off for twenty or thirty points, but the real ones you really want to look at are the ones that are consistent and that can give you 13, 14, 15 plus every single night, night in and night out. And the fact that he was very efficient is great. The five and nine, the three for five beyond the arc as well. And the fact that the Hornets struggled at the charity stripe, like you talked about, and he was able to go four for four, really promising. And again, just coming off of an absence is something that was is a little rare the the fact that you don't really miss a step. That's something that we've seen from Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward when he comes in and out of the lineup. A lot of these guys, it might take a game or two for them to come back and really be firing on all cylinders. Doesn't seem to be the way for Brandon Miller. Solid silver lining pick from the game last night. For me, I'm going to go with the man in the middle. That's Nick Richards as my silver lining performance from last night's game. P.J. head fakes the three. He'll drive instead into the body of the defender up with the right hand. No, but the tip slam for Nick Richards, elevating high above the cylinder and throwing it down with authority. I thought Nick did a tremendous job going up against Anthony Davis. I understand that AD had 26 points, eight boards, four blocks in the game last night, but a majority of Nick's minutes came against AD. Keep in mind, too, Anthony Davis had 40 points on Christmas and a loss against Boston, so he's no slouch. We obviously know that. We know what he's been capable of for his entire career. The health has been the biggest issue for him, but when he's fully healthy, he can be a game changer. It can be a lot to handle. So I thought Nick Richards did a great job. Ends up only playing 26 minutes. Hornets had to go small a couple times in there, just trying to get some things going, but he finishes with a double-double. His third consecutive one, 11 points, 10 boards, also had two blocks as well. Five for five from the field, his only misses were at the charity stripe where he was just one for three. Uh, Not a great day considering he's an 80% free throw shooter on the season, but all things considered, Nick Richards, my silver lining performance from last night. And similarly to Brandon Miller, Nick finishes a minus six and a plus minus. Again, not great, but the way that the game went, it's a little bit more respectable in that regard. So I thought Nick Richards did a great job on AD last night. I know that there were some battles in there that might have gone maybe a little bit differently, especially with the Mark Williams that could have been in the lineup. Obviously, Mark didn't play last night, but... All things considered, during this nine-game absence of Mark Williams, I know the results haven't been there, but I thought Nick has really grown here, especially over the last couple of games because he's been playing against some really elite talent. Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, the list goes on and on. I thought Nick has been able to do a really good job of holding his own as of late. Yeah, absolutely. And the the Hornets are asking a, a lot from him right now, particularly being the only true center that's healthy in the rotation right now. And, you know, he's quietly had some, some really solid performances. Like you said, third straight double-double, um, which ties a career high for the most consecutive games with a double-double in his career. He did it three straight games, I think, early last season in November time or so. He made a really good point, too, about, you know, the kind of caliber of guys that he's been going up against. And Davis obviously had a very good performance, but, you know, he's a guy that it always feels like, he has dominant, dominant performances against the Hornets up high 30s, 40 points sometimes. And, you know, if you can hold him to 26, and I think he more than held his own. So uh, he's doing a really, really good job, and the Hornets are asking a lot for him. And especially given that I would – one thing that's really impressive with Nick, too, is the fouling has been down a little bit this year. Um, and that's really big for the Hornets because they can't afford to have their only – 
healthy center right now in the rotation, be getting into foul trouble throughout the game. So he's been able to get on the court and produce and be there. So um, hopefully he can kind of keep this up. And hopefully uh, the Hornets will be getting Mark Williams back sometime soon and you know they can go back to having that two-center rotation. So uh, fingers crossed. You just hold on until then, I guess. Fingers and toes crossed. Hornets fall last night, 133-112. to 112. Some other notable performances against the Lakers. Bryce McGowan finishes in double figures with 10. Miles Bridges, a team-high 20 points. Brandon Miller and Nick Richards were already touched on with our silver linings. Terry Rozier also finished with 18 points as well. He was 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Had a sneaky stat line, 6 rebounds, 8 assists as well. Coming up here next on the Hornets Hivecast, though, it is a game day. Hornets in the Valley of the Sun taking on the Phoenix Suns. We'll have your game preview for you right after this on a Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta. It is a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Charlotte trying to snap a nine-game losing streak and go out on a winning ways in the calendar year of 2023 tonight against the Phoenix Suns. 9 p.m. airtime along the Hornets radio network. Can't catch us on the radio side, of course. Bally Sports Southeast will have the game for you here. Before we get into our game preview, a little bit of a recap of this showdown. Phoenix swept the series last season against the Hornets. Neither meeting, quite frankly, was very close for the Hornets. Suns won the first one out in Phoenix by 31. Second one at Spectrum Center was a 14-point loss for Charlotte. That one was a little bit more of a national media attention-grabbing one. That was the first game Kevin Durant played for the Suns after the trade from Brooklyn. This offseason, Suns parting ways with Monty Williams, hired Frank Vogel as the coach. Um, also went in, kind of all in, more or less, with Bradley Beal. He's been in and out of the lineup, had a back injury, now dealing with an ankle injury. He is questionable heading into this one tonight. Would be quite the turnaround, considering that the nasty ankle that sprain that he had uh, not even about two weeks ago would be quite the feat to bring him back. Suns just haven't been able to stay healthy. They are currently 15-15 and 15 on the season. Wednesday, they were able to snap a three-game losing skid in Houston. They won at 129-113. to KD had a triple-double, 27 points, 10 boards, 16 assists. Eric Gordon in a starting role had 27 as well. That tied for the game high with Kevin Durant. Devin Booker also had 20 for the Suns in that win. So a lot to go over here, a lot of star power in this one once again that the Hornets will have to face despite a nine-game losing streak. We need players to watch for both sides and a statistic to watch. Where would you like to begin here, Sam Perley? I am going to go with a player to watch uh, on the Hornets, and my player to watch is going to be Terry Rozier. A little bit of a slump right now for Terry. You know, he was really kind of humming along when LaMelo went down back around Thanksgiving time. It seemed like he kind of found a groove. The scoring was coming along, you know, the facilitating assists and everything. And just lately, maybe it was kind of being thrown off by missing the game the other night with the knee soreness, but um, he just hasn't been able to really kind of find a rhythm at the start of this road trip. And, and over his last five games, averaging almost 18 points, but shooting only 37% and 18% from three-point range, still dishing out six-and-a-half assists uh, and averaging over a steal a game. So they obviously you know, are shorthanded right now. They need some offense, and they need Terry to kind of get back to where he was earlier in December. And moving the ball, shot selection, things like that. I mean, it's, I think he's – sometimes I think you saw in that Clipper game and saw in the Laker game, he's trying a little too hard to find that offense. I think it'll come to him as you kind of just move kind of more organically uh, on that side of the court. So Terry's year is going to be my hornet to watch. He's got to get that offense going. I think he will. He's, he's been in slumps like this where every player has here and there, and he's always found a way to kind of climb out of them. So I'm looking for him to hopefully – 
have a, a big performance tonight against Phoenix. I'm going to take another guy that's in a slump right now. That's Miles Bridges. Yeah, he finished with 20 points in the game last night. That was a game high, but the problem was the efficiency just wasn't there. He started the game great, four for five shooting from the field, three for three beyond the arc, but he finishes the game seven of 20 shooting. So that was what, three of 15 after outside of the first quarter. And then he finishes what, one for seven from beyond the arc outside of the first quarter as well. Plus minus didn't look great. I know that that's kind of a picky choosy stat, but he finishes well into the minus there along with Terry Rozier as well in the game last night. I'm not going to give you the exact number because it's pretty, pretty ugly, quite frankly. So I just want to see a bounce back game from Miles Bridges. Again, he did fill the stat sheet for the most part in that game last night. He also had five rebounds and five assists, but just have to get the shooting numbers up. The percentages just have to be a little bit better there. It's it's one thing to score 20. It's another thing to score 20 off of taking 20 shot attempts. So Miles Bridges, my player to watch here tonight for the Hornets. You take Terry Rozier. So hopefully between the two of them, one of them, or maybe both of them are able to have a bounce back game tonight here in Phoenix. That leaves a Suns player to watch and a stat to watch. Where would you like to go next? I'm going to go with Suns player to watch, and I'm going to be looking at Devin Booker. Uh, like you mentioned, still kind of up in the air where Bradley Beal will come back, but uh, it's been an interesting season for Phoenix. They've only played 24 minutes together with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal over two games. So let's say just for the sake of uh, this argument that he's not playing, expect Devin Booker to continue getting a big share of the Phoenix offensive workload you know they they haven't really with the interesting thing with them this year is they don't really have a traditional point guard the only point guard on the roster is former Hornet Tail Maladon who just got picked up by the team a couple weeks ago and Devin Booker has been the point guard and uh, the scoring has been right where it's always been throughout his career 27 points per game and his assists are now up at a career high 8.2 which is sixth best in the NBA so he's taken on that role that Chris Paul had for a few years and done a really really uh, good job with it so scoring, facilitating, and Devin Booker's quietly having a really, really good season, uh, and he's had a lot of good seasons in his career. I don't think it's necessarily getting that as much attention because everyone's kind of sees Phoenix record right now and what they expected him to be, but Devin Booker is obviously a tremendous talent, multi-time all-star. He's a guy the Hornets have to keep a handle on, and will be interesting to see up close how he's orchestrating this Hornets or the Suns offense, excuse me, uh, as kind of the lead ball handler. If you're going to leave him, I'm going to take him. It's going to be the bona fide future Hall of Famer and Kevin Durant, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists for a triple-double the other night against the Houston Rockets on the road. He played 41 minutes. He's been a workhorse here basically his entire career when he's healthy, but especially now with Bradley Beal not being in the lineup. Again, we don't know the status of him since he is questionable heading into this one, but he's been taking a lot of minutes, takes a lot of shots as well. He was just 9-16 shooting from the field, very efficient the other night, but just 3-7 from beyond the arc. The thing that scares me is just the matchup defensively for the Hornets about who you put on them. It's probably a combination of Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington. It's going to be a really tough assignment one way or the other. You just got to try to keep him on a perimeter and force him to shoot down threes in order to beat you, but can do a really good job getting to the free throw line as well. That's been obviously an issue for the Hornets here is just the fouling, so going to try to defend without fouling is probably going to be the biggest issue here for Charlotte and Kevin Durant. He doesn't quite hunt fouls like maybe some other guys do in the league, some of those superstars, but he does get a little bit of preferential treatment. So he's going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the whistle. But Kevin Durant, certainly my player to watch here for the Suns tonight. That leaves us with a statistic. What is the numbers that you are looking at here for tonight, Mr. Pearlie? My statistic to watch tonight, 
um, is Phoenix in the fourth quarter. They have been really, really bad in the fourth quarter this year. And I think that's where a lot of their troubles uh, or where a lot of their kind of 15 and 15 record stems from uh, going into tonight. They are last in the NBA in fourth quarter offensive rating and net rating and turnover rate. So uh, 103.6 offensive rating, negative 15.1 points per possession in net rating, and the turnover rate, they're turning it over almost 17% of the fourth quarter possessions this year. I think some of that it has to be a little bit of a byproduct of not having a traditional point guard and the game slows down a little bit in crunch time and not to invalidate what Devin Booker's doing, but it's just different than kind of running point guard in earlier part of the game. And that's where they really, really leaned on Chris Paul the last couple of years, who's now in Golden State. So the Hornets can kind of keep pace with Phoenix, you know, make sure there's not this seismic run given up in the first three quarters, like they've been kind of been doing the last few games to kind of get to that fourth quarter and, and still be in it. I think they've got a really good chance because there's something about that fourth quarter right now that Phoenix is really, really struggling with. So uh, put yourself in position with 12 minutes to go and, uh, maybe the Hornets will have a chance. It's an interesting number. It's certainly one to pick on if the Hornets are able to at least make it to that point to make it a competitive game. For me, I'm going to look at the fouling. I know that's something that I talked about against the Lakers the other night, but it kind of continues to be the same. This is another good team that goes to the free throw line a lot. They get 19% of their points at the charity stripe. That is tops in the association. Devin Booker does a good job getting into the free throw line. I already talked about Kevin Durant as well. Just have to get rid of the silly fouls, and that's something that obviously hurt the Hornets in the game last night against the Lakers. We touched on that third quarter where it just seemed like there were five and one opportunities, and they were all really, really easy ones. If you're going to foul, make them earn it. Go to the free throw line, but you don't want to have a parade going there. You don't want to give them an opportunity to get in the bonus early on in quarters and have them just march to the charity strike because they're going to make you pay. And that's certainly going to be an issue here, I think, for the Hornets tonight. If they do not eliminate the fouling, it could be a big problem here for Charlotte as they try to snap this nine-game losing streak. It'll be a 9 p.m. tip-off here back on the East Coast with the Hornets taking on the Phoenix Suns from the desert. A little bit of an earlier start time here from the East Coast, at least, and don't have to stay up super, super late on this Friday night to catch your Hornets hoops like we've had to the last couple of nights. So glad we were able to get the two 10:30 tip times out of the way on consecutive nights. Still a couple of 10 o'clocks here on this six-game road trip that the Hornets are on. But again, we'll take any earlier start times that I can get personally. But after the game, you can hear myself and Sam Pearlie break this one down for you once again on another edition of the Hornets Hivecast. But in the meantime, Sam, thank you for joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the back-to-back game specialist as we like to call you here on the HHC. Of course. Thank you for having me, as always. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For Sam Pearlie, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll talk to you tomorrow once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.